Welcome to Fulfilled After 40, the podcast. I'm Chris Kendall, your host today. We are here with Tanitra. Welcome, Tanitra. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. Um, So I understand you want to talk about some changes that might be coming up in your business. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I've been working in the learning and development space for a while, and I've worked with, um, on the corporate side of things, uh, working with large corporations to um, do digital transformation or training development for their teams. Um, But as I was thinking about offering this to other types of companies and organizations, um, and I was thinking through, well, what type of business would I want to work with? And I'm thinking brick and mortar businesses. Um, but I had the realization that I have a very extensive background in arts education specifically. And so why not bring this to arts orgs? So that's the pivot I've been thinking through. And I'm exciting, excited to to dive into more. Wow. Yeah, that does sound exciting. Okay. So when you say art organizations, so would this be like nonprofits or schools or what, what is that? So either nonprofits or for-profits. So thinking about, so I had a brick and mortar music school. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that was a for-profit business. But I also have done a lot of work with nonprofits. I've done a lot of partnering with nonprofits, working on the training and development side with nonprofits. So it's um, either one, either one, for-profit or nonprofit. Okay. And you want to open another brick and mortar or you want to work with those that exist? I want to work with those that exist. I don't, although when I see a brick and mortar, I'm always, or I see like, (laughs) things open. I'm like, it's almost like a web, you know, websites. You're like, Ooh, (laughs) I want that. (laughs) Yep. I can appreciate that for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what will you be doing? Uh, you know, like in a perfect world, what, how will you be working with them? Mm. In a perfect world. So in a perfect world, so this is what I envision. I envision, um, being able to help these organizations make the impact that they want to make in a sustainable way. So oftentimes arts education is not is it's it's not always supported in the same way that other types of things are supported, like sports, for example. So and you know there's that stereotype of the bleeding heart, you know, really wanting to provide. And this was this was my story. Like I really wanted to provide that high quality world-class music education at an affordable rate. But then it wasn't sustainable in that way. The the what I wanted to bring needed more revenue. So um, really helping organizations, businesses think through that in a strategic way so that they can have a sustainable model when they're able to serve who they're looking to serve. Okay. So would you call this a coaching 
that you'd be coaching them or would you be consultants? You would go in and kind of redo some of their processes or make recommendations or what would you be doing? There would be both. There would be the coaching and consulting and it would also be learning and development. So um, really being intentional about how people are onboarded and trained and skilled and upskilled and reskilled and also looking at processes that could be streamlined um, looking at curriculum because I have a very extensive background in curriculum as well. So maybe there's some things on the delivery side that can be um, tightened up or streamlined or made more efficient. So and looking outwardly at business opportunities, opportunities for revenue or for fundraising or for partnerships. So really coming in with a holistic idea in mind and you know, we can't tackle everything at once, but really looking at where are you trying to go? What's getting in the way? What are some priorities we can start with and going from there? Okay. All right. So I'm imagining if I had a, an art studio where I was teaching people how to draw or paint or something, um, and I needed it to grow, I needed to make more money. I needed to better understand marketing, maybe get more people in the door, that kind of thing. So you would be able to help me with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So how is there like a, you know, in 10 words, how would you describe that to me? If I, you know, we were just passing in a subway and you said, Oh, Mm. I can help you. I've got something for you. How would you describe that to me to make me think like, yes, I need your card. I've got to call you back because we've got to talk. That's a great question. I haven't So what comes to mind is I help arts organization, arts ed organizations grow and scale sustainably. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Now, when I think of the word sustainable, I think of like agriculture. (laughs) So like in my mind, that's the word that I'm thinking Mm. of. But I can tell that what you're talking about is like being able to make money to keep your business uh-huh. afloat to, you know, continue to grow your business. Um, but I wonder if an art teacher would is uh. thinking of it in that same wor- way. Like, I mean, you were, you, you had that business. Um, so is that the terminology that you think would resonate most? No, probably not because we do, as a general public, we do hear sustainable in relation to good for the earth type of thing. Um, grow and serve, continue to serve in a way. Mm, another word for sustainable. In the way that you mean it. Yeah. So grow and scale to maximize impact impact yeah I mean yeah impact yeah something like that Uh okay so that that all sounds really good okay so I love this now when you think about doing this is this something you're ready to do now are you still kind of on the fence how are you feeling I feel like it's something I'm ready to do now so what I'm starting to do now is reach out to 
my network and to start having conversations. People who are in arts ed and just connecting with them, seeing what the needs are um, and seeing how I can help or um, yeah, just seeing where they're at with the industry, seeing where the industry is at and seeing how we can continue to connect. Okay. And have you gotten any feedback yet? No. So I, so yes and no, I've gotten feedback on the nonprofit side of things, but it's not a, um, it's not an, it's not an arts ed nonprofit, but it is a nonprofit. Okay. And so I got a lot of feedback about needs around um, mindset and needs around training and development and mm -hmm. systems and all of those things. Uh, I'm just not sure that if I start from that place, I'm not sure that that's a pain point. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure that mindset, while it's needed, I'm sure, I'm not sure that hearing people talk about, oh, yes, we need mindset development. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Maybe not their priority. And Right. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's a problem and it's restrictive and it's blocking, um, I don't think people would see it that way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So can you, do you know what some of these pain points actually are? Cash flow. Okay. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, now that's an easy thing to address too. I mean, you can write there in your words instead of the scaling and to maximize impact and all that. Do you think they would respond better to like double your your revenue or double your profits or increase your cash flow or something that's really direct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something like smooth out your cash flow or um optimize, optimize cash flow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Okay. And that will um maybe get to the heart of what you want to do a lot faster and, and make mm -hmm. them understand some of your value without having to do a lot of explaining. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's good. Okay. And you mentioned having some reservations about making the switch from what you thought you were going to be doing or what you've been doing to um, focusing in the art ed. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, yeah, so the thing that comes up for me is just it's it's that calculation between going where the money is versus going where the heart is. Because a couple of years ago or six short months ago, going where the money is would be the tech industry, right? So, and that was the case for a while. And that's where on the learning and development side, that's where I did a lot of my work was in the tech industry. Um, but things have changed. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, really thinking about like, it's not just about, people will pay for things where they see value 
and just really staying true to that is is the the challenge I think okay so you mentioned a few things there one is that um you know staying true to your heart and what you what you want to do and what you love doing versus chasing the money and I think that well you know that there's ways of doing both um and but in our head sometimes we feel like we're selling out or we're, um, you know, not helping those who really need help because we have to price at a certain level. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that part of what you mean by that? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what, what do you think is behind that feeling that you're pricing too high and that people can't, can't access your services? I think it really comes down to the need to own and recognize my value. That's what it really comes down to. Okay. And yeah. so let's let's talk about some of the evidence of what do you bring to the table? Why why would people hire you? What do you have that makes that you know makes you credible? So um so maybe not for starters, but for the first thing that comes to mind is that I literally have my dissertation in this. Like I literally studied how do nonprofit organizations make these kinds of impacts in the community. So um, I studied Youth Orchestras Los Angeles, which is actually an international, it's actually based out of Venezuela, but the program was brought here to LA. So I studied that program. Um, From there, I went on to start my own organization, music business. At first, it was mostly business to business. So I worked with after-school programs and with other organizations and with Parks and Rec. And I would develop and post and run camps and music camps and things like that. And then I went on to open a brick and mortar where I had individual students coming one-on-one or in groups or in classes and um, then having music programs that way as well. So that's, that's kind of the industry knowledge and experience. All of my degrees are in music, performance, and pedagogy. Um, And then from there and the learning and development side of things, um, working with these mega tech companies to build their learning paths and create classes and programs to skill up their and onboard their their people. Um, And I've, I've been around business my entire life, like completely surrounded my parents are business owners, my aunts are business owners, close family and friends are business owners. So really seeing the ins and outs of what it takes to be successful and what it doesn't take or what is often missing, the missing piece, because yes, you can work hard, you can be driven, you can be scrappy, you can be resourceful and there's still tools that need to be put in place or still systems that need to be put in place. 
accountability, um, support. There's there's more to it than I think what has been sold to us. But then at the same time, it's you know, it's more simple and straightforward. It's not all um gadgety. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like you you know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. You have some extensive background. You have dedicated, you know, it sounds like most of your career to to learning all of this stuff and you bring to the table more than your average discount marketing consultant, right? You're not just Mm -hmm. any random person that can help build a business. You are the art education expert. I mean, would you agree that that, if I called you that, that feels like an accurate term? Maybe yes, you aren't yes. comfortable calling yourself that <laughs> yet, but what I've just heard is that that's true. So, you know, when you're pricing, when you're, you go and buy a service and you're buying help or consultancy from the industry expert, you're going to expect to pay a lot, right? That's not the discount person. That's not 10% off. That's not buy one, get one, you know, you're paying top dollar for that. And in this field, in this industry, you are that expert. You you should be priced higher than practically anybody out there or maybe higher than anybody out there. Does that resonate at all? Do you believe what I'm saying? <laughs> I am receiving what you are saying. <laughs> I am receiving that. Yes. You know, when when people look at a price, when I am buying a shirt, and I want the best shirt or shoes, maybe shoes are a better example. One's $17.99 and one seventy-five. In my mm-hmm. mind, I'm thinking like, well, I need it to last more than three wear. So I'm going to go for the more expensive one, right? And right. so we, we do put value on price. And when you don't value yourself or price yourself high enough, then people, you know, think that mm-hmm. that's what you're worth. And from everything that you've told me, you are worth the absolute top dollar in this field. So do you feel like, what, what kind of pricing are you thinking of? Well, it's, this is not, since it is, since this in particular is B2B, it's not a one size fits all solution is really catered so it's a proposal so and that proposal is based on their needs so it's not something that I can put a price on when I you know just off the top of my head but when I look at my b to c um my offer for consumers that I can put a price on because that is it's a container that the program is is in but what i'm thinking about for that program what i'm thinking is could this be something that's like a for an arts ed business owner who doesn't have the brick and mortar yet who's not like super established um who is not running an organization yet um that's what I started thinking about today. 
Okay. So when you imagine the funnest client, the most exciting for you, the, the type of work that you would be doing that would just like light you up, is that a brand new person who hasn't really gotten started yet? Or is that a company, you know, maybe a store, a corner store that's been in shop for, been in business for five or 10 years to somebody who's been in business for 40 years? Like what, what kind of client do you think would be the most exciting and fun for you to work with? Not someone who's just, just starting, not someone who's like still trying to, um, it's, it's more of someone who has a little bit more experience under their belt. Um, if we're talking about revenue, um, I would say at least 50,000 in revenue and they're like, you know, they're ready to start moving up the ladder. Okay. So for brick and mortar, um, is that per month or per year? Uh, for a brick and mortar, that, that number is probably 200. Okay, for a year mortar. yeah okay all right and that feels like the the size where you could get them to that that double or mm-hmm. you know get them to that next level of their revenue yes. mm-hmm. and they have enough money that they can pay you right and yeah. they've made enough money that they know it's out there right just- and then looking at organizations that's like a whole different level that's like their budget is, you know, they have a million dollar budget or 3 million or, you know, plus. And I'm thinking okay. about like a nonprofit organization. So are, do you have like a, is there a preference? If you could choose one over the other, would you want to work with nonprofits that have $3 million budget or a corner store that has a $20,000 marketing budget or 200,000 in sales. Yeah. I'm thinking the, on the larger side. Okay. Yeah. So not so much, maybe a brick and mortar, but more the, the nationwide or multi chain kind of organizations. Is that, or is it just no. one? No, just one, not necessarily a chain. Okay. Yeah. So like it could be an organization that is regional, you know, they're serving that, that particular area, that particular population. Okay. And so what you would do for them would be what, because I can imagine that the needs of a nonprofit would be a little bit different than a a for-profit store. So what, what would that look like for a nonprofit? So it's still... Whether it's a nonprofit or for a profit, it still starts with a needs assessment. So going in there physically, usually, and getting a good idea, like if it's an arts ed specifically, looking at their learning, their their learning and development. So what type of training is in place for the folks who are there and what gaps might there be, looking at the programs and the curriculum. Are there some gaps there? Looking at the business opportunities, are there, where are there more opportunities for partnership, for revenue generating opportunities, um, whether it's getting things on the um, 
the grant side going or on the government contract side going? Um, Can I interrupt? Goods? Sure. So before you do all of the needs assessment, what makes them realize we need a consultant here or mm. we need we need to call somebody and get them to do this assessment? What are they thinking that that makes them call you in the first place? Well, it comes down to their cash flow. So maybe they're seeing we have these ebbs and flows, we have these feasts and famines, and we need to get to a place where we have a baseline and the baseline is always met. And we have systems in place to make sure our basic needs are always being met and we're not, you know, living the, the high life and then hoping and wishing and praying that the money doesn't run out. Okay. So they are, um, and by cash flow, is that fundraising and like um, revenue coming in or is it mostly revenue? So there's, when you're looking at a nonprofit, there are a few different areas, right? So they could be getting government contracts or they could be doing the fundraising in the fundraising space, or they could be in the, um, what is it called? Um, foundation, maybe their revenue is coming from foundations or individual donors, or maybe they are selling product or selling an offer or having partnerships or contracts with schools or with these different providers who write them a big check to come in and, and provide a service. So okay. um, yeah, there's a lot of different routes. Okay. So is your focus on just getting any money in or is it specifically on building their programs that they're selling, that they're receiving money for, or is it building fundraising programs or is it just everything? So I'm, I wouldn't really be focused on helping them build out those contracting situations, but it could be that I'm pointing out you know, 75% of your revenue is coming from foundations. What if one of those foundations decides to pivot and stop funding you? Like, let's okay. look at these other areas that you can be generating revenue. Um, so there's that. There is the, the mindset piece of the people who are within the organization, the leaders within the organization, um, yes, you have these teams and you're leading them. How are you setting them up for success? So that's communication, that's training, that's expectations. Um, yeah. So really making sure that their teams are set up for success. Okay. Um, so if somebody, will they have something in place to train the next person who needs to step into that role? Right. That continuity. Okay. So that's a lot of like, yeah, it sounds just like a, a lot of overarching business um, consulting, a lot of different pieces that need to be put into place that you can help them with. Um, but it doesn't sound specific to art education. Is this, is it applicable for any kind of nonprofit? So those parts are applicable to any kind of nonprofit. When it comes down to looking at programs and looking at curriculum, that is specific to arts ed. So the, the other component that 
I would say is more unique to me specifically is that I have built out so many of these these curriculums specifically for music, but um, you know, I've been a classroom teacher, just really understanding what's needed to really have um, programs that are meeting outcomes for the students and for the learners. Okay. So that sounds different than coaching the company and the, the staff on how to like, you know, look at alternative resource, uh, you know, revenue streams and like building out training programs, stuff like that versus classroom curriculum, actual hands-on sort of learning things. So which do you want to do the most? Like, I know that you are, you're capable of doing all of it and you're probably enjoy doing all of it, but if you could really narrow down, like, what do you want to do every day? I really like the idea of the brainstorming and creativity around coming up with solutions. So if I come in and I see these opportunities for growth and these opportunities for, um, for making a bigger, better, different impact. I love having those conversations and having and bringing those ideas to the forefront. Um, on the business side or on the like curriculum art program side? On the business side, I think on the curriculum side, that part is just really, it just, it's just really easy to me. That I think on the business side, because okay. I like the idea of really impacting their ability to have an impact. Okay. So it sounds like what you really want to be doing is helping nonprofit organizations grow their cash flow. I mean, essentially just get more money in so that they can help more people. Yes. And the the people development side is really important okay so more so than all the business development yeah it's more about the people within okay so with that in mind um what is what are words that a a company you know maybe the president um of a nonprofit who sees that they're in kind of a slump, maybe their their cash flow is kind of slowing down or going downward and they need to do something different. What are the kind of things that would make them think, I need somebody in here to help me with my team. I need to make my team perform higher, care more. Like, I don't know what, what the things might be, but. I think they might see it showing up in morale and okay. the the frustration level of the team, you know, they always seem flustered and overwhelmed mm-hmm. because they don't know how to do the thing or the thing they need to do is taking too long or the thing they need to do keeps changing. Um, because that overturn, that turnover mm-hmm. really impacts the bottom line. Yep. So if there are some things that they have in place that help mitigate that, then 
that can have a really big impact in how their team shows up and how their team works together and how they're able to serve the client better. Okay. So if, if somebody comes to you and says, I run an organization, morale's a little bit low, people seem frustrated and overwhelmed and not really sure how to help them so that we can get back on track or get in the, you know, kind of upward trajectory of profits. That's where you, is that where you shine? Is that where you're like, yes, I am the right person for you? Yes. I'm hesitating because I'm like, will they see that connection? Is that the connection? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is that right? And, and this is what we want to figure out. Like, what are they saying to themselves? Like, I need help with this because Mm -hmm. my business is not going to get fixed until I, we do this thing. Like is what is that thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and that's where I'm having the conversations around. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm trying to like, what are you seeing? What are the challenges that you're seeing? What's coming up? So that's, that's the digging that I'm doing right now. Okay. And that also doesn't, you know, what we just talked about, this morale, frustration, overwhelm, that also has nothing to do with art education. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know at the very beginning, you came in saying, I love art education and I want to focus on that. So is that, do you, do you still feel like that is it? And how do we, you know, make that connection? Because you also really love the business and the team building, which is totally unrelated. You know, that could be anywhere. But it, it is in that arts education organizations have these same problems. So it's not that the problems are unique to arts ed or to any particular industry. Wherever there's people, there are people problems. So it's whose people, which people do I want to solve the people problems with? Yes. So the people that I would love to solve the people problems with are the arts ed people. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, of course. So you want to help art education organizations build better teams that love what they're doing to have a higher impact or, you know, something along those lines. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, all right. I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty good grasp on where you want to be focusing. And the next step is really going to be, like you said, trying to, to have these conversations that you've already started and just determine what are they feeling at the point where they need your help or you could step mm-hmm. in and say, me, I'm the one to do this for you. Mm-hmm. And so you're reaching out to your current network. Yes. The arts ed network, I have not reached out to yet. I just made my list of people to start reaching out to. I've been reaching out to just other general business people, um, business owners, and and that's, they're kind of in different areas. So it's nonprofit business, uh, nonprofit directors. Um, one person has a retail store, or a couple of people have retail store, a few people have retail stores. Um, other people have like an online situation, online business. Um, 
but it's been helping me kind of narrow down like, oh yeah, or oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, clearly you have a lot of experience and you can probably you know, help lots of different companies do lots of different things. And so that's great because that means you have options, but, you know, I would really encourage you to, to like, just kind of think best case scenario, who are you working with and what are you doing for them? And what are they receiving from it? What are their results? Mm. Like, is it truly about their improving their cash flow? Because, you know, if that's really what their bottom line is like, yeah, all this other stuff is great, but we need more money then, uh -huh. you know, that kind of will help you determine that messaging a little bit more, that audience a little bit more, and make sure you are still aligned with that, with what their goals are. Um, yeah, it's really about impact. But in order to have the impact, all of those other things have to be in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make a much bigger impact with money <laughs> than without. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anything else that you want, you know, top of mind that you wanted to talk about before we kind of wrap up? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, it was super interesting to hear and, you know, your, your background is super impressive and I know that you're going to make a very big impact, um, with, with your help, um, in lots of organizations. So I'm really excited to see where this goes for you. And I can't wait yeah. till we talk next time to hear what you found out, what you've learned yeah. from, um, this research. Yeah. Thank you. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Tanitra. Um, I appreciate you being on the show and we'll talk soon. All right. Well, that was another great talk uh, today with Tanitra. It's always super exciting to hear what people are working on. And I know that once she gets some of that feedback um, and, and does some of that initial research on where those pain points are, she's really going to be able to hone in on her audience and how she can best serve them so that she can make that impact that's so important to her. So um, if you'd like to be a guest on the show and chat with me, uh, I'd love to have you just visit fulfilledafter40.com. Uh, There's a button at the top that says the podcast, and you can um, request uh, a, a visit on our show, or even just put in a question that you'd like me to answer on the show um, asynchronously. So have a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you next time.